Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Greetings and welcome to the Centera Gold 2021 third quarter results conference call and webcast. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we will conduct a question and answer session. At that time, if you have a question, please press the 1 followed by the 4 on your telephone. If at any time during the conference you need to reach an operator, please press star 0. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded on Friday, November 5th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. John Pearson, Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you, Operator. Welcome to Centera Gold's third quarter 2021 results conference call. Uh, summary slides are available on Centera Gold's website to accompany each uh, speaker's remarks. Today's call is open to all members of the investment community and media in listen-only mode. Followed, uh, following the formal remarks, the operator will give the instructions for asking a question, and then we will open the phone lines to questions. Uh, please note that all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. Uh, joining me on the call today is Scott Perry, our President and Chief Executive Officer, Dan Desjardins, Chief Operating Officer, and Darren Millman, our Chief Financial Officer. I would also like to caution everyone that certain statements made today may be forward-looking statements, and as such, are subject to known and unknown risks, which may cause our actual results to differ from those expressed or implied. Also, certain of the measures we will discuss today are non-GAAP measures. Please refer to the description of non-GAAP measures in our news release and MD&A issued this morning, and for a more detailed discussion of the material assumptions, risks, and uncertainties, please refer to the news release, MDNA, along with our unaudited financial statements and notes, and all of our other filings, which can be found on CDAR, Edgar, and on the company's website. And now I'll turn the call over to Scott. Thanks a lot, John, and uh, a very good day to everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for our Q3 earnings conference call. Uh, I'm just referencing the accompanying uh, slide presentation that's available on our website. I'm just going to start off on slide number five. So on slide five, a number of key bullet points here just in terms of some of the key corporate highlights. The first bullet point, just starting with safety as always, you can see during the Q3 period, we had a number of safety highlights. One of the key ones I want to reference is that Oxert, our producing operating gold mine in Turkey, we recently celebrated 2 million hours uh, consecutive hours of lost time incident-free operations. Uh, moving on to the second bullet point, just with regards to the, uh, the global COVID-19 pandemic, uh, during the quarter we're seeing very, very good uptake in terms of the vaccination rollout, whereby the majority of our workforce is now double uh, vaccinated. Uh, third bullet point, just with regards to the Kumtor matter, as you would have noted in our disclosure, we continue pursuing legal actions to preserve the value of our assets and protect the interests of our shareholders. This obviously includes the binding international arbitration as well as the court actions in Toronto and New York. Uh, moving into the operational results, the fourth bullet point here. <clears throat> we had another good quarter uh, in, uh, in, in Q3. We're seeing good continuity there just in terms of our operating momentum and our productivities, and that resulted in gold output of just under 77,000 ounces. That was a relatively uh, strong level of production. So when you look at the sixth bullet point, you can see in terms of the corresponding uh, all in sustaining cost, it was a, a low competitive $781 per ounce on a, on a company-wide basis. Uh, in parenthesis, uh, in terms of the individual contributions at the operations, uh, Mount Milligan was operating at $727 per ounce during the quarter, and Oxford was operating at $603 per ounce during the quarter. So again, both operations uh, you know, demonstrating relatively low unitary costs. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a good level of production uh, in the third quarter. I'm just referencing the, uh, the second last bullet point here, and, and we think that puts us in, uh, in very good stead with regards to our outlook or our, our full year guidance. We think we're uh, well positioned uh, in terms of achieving 
our gold production targets, both at Mount Milligan and Offset. Uh, last bullet point, uh, just given that strong production that we're seeing, uh, particularly at uh, Offset, as you would have noted in Q3, it was a, a strong quarter. Uh, we're also seeing very uh, strong uh, corresponding oil and sustaining cost performance. And as a result of that, we've actually lowered our, our full-year guidance for Oxert, whereby we've decreased the, uh, the estimated range to 680 to uh, $730 per ounce. Uh, likewise, that has a favorable impact just on the company-wide oil and sustaining cost range, whereby we've now lowered that to uh, a new range of 700 to $750 per ounce. Uh, just moving on to slide six, uh, first bullet point here, just in terms of the headline earnings result, uh, you know, it was an adjusted net earnings of 12 cents per share. Uh, Darren, our CFO, he will uh, expand on this further uh, during his remarks. But in terms of uh, free cash flow, the third bullet point, um, you know, given the strong production, given the uh, the relatively strong oil and sustaining cost performance, and just, you know, in light of the uh, relatively strong gold price and copper price environment, uh, we are seeing pretty good margins, both from a profitability perspective as well as a free cash flow perspective. But during the quarter, uh, Q3, company-wide, we, we generated free cash flow of $41 million. And again, in parenthesis, you can see the individual contributions from the uh, operating mines. So Mount Milligan generated $25.9 million of positive free cash flow, and Oxert had a uh, significant increase in uh, free cash flow generation coming in at $48.9 million for the quarter. Uh, the strong profitability, the strong free cash flow, just referencing the fourth bullet point here, uh, we finished the quarter with uh, a debt-free balance sheet and, and total cash reserves of just under $912 million US. Uh, the second last bullet point, taking into account our revolving line of uh, credit facility, which is uh, uh, entirely undrawn, uh, we have a total treasury liquidity profile uh, in excess of $1.3 billion US. Uh, just lastly here, in terms of the last bullet point, uh, again, just recognizing the solid operating performance and the, you know, the strong financial position, uh, the board has, again, declared a quarterly dividend of Canadian $0.07 cents, uh, per share. Um, you can see the charts down the bottom. I just want to highlight the, uh, the chart in the middle, which is uh, Oxert. Uh, obviously, this is our, our newest operating gold mine uh, that, uh, operating in Turkey. Uh, you can see the, the quarter over quarter free cash flow, and as you can see in Q3, it was a significant increase in uh, free cash flow performance, and that's consistent, you know, with what we've been guiding uh, to. We, we've always expected the back half of this year to be, a, you know, a, a back end weighted uh, production year, and what's really driving that is the uh, the grade dissemination profile and just where we are in terms of our mine plan. And, and the sequencing of operations. So we are now into that high-grade sequence. We expect that to continue uh, in, in here in Q4, and, and likewise, that'll continue into uh, next year as well and, and beyond, but particularly next year, whereby you know we are expecting a, a very meaningful, significant increase in gold production levels relative to what we are uh, guiding for this year. So suffice to say, Oxford is in, is in a very good position, and, and we are seeing that in terms of its profitability and its free cash flow generation. Uh, just moving on to the next slide on slide seven, um, <clears throat> just in terms of, uh, you know, Sintera's environmental social governance profile and just in terms of some of the key quarterly updates here. Uh, I won't reference all of these bullet points, but, you know, in terms of the first bullet point, obviously, uh, you know, from a safety perspective, that's absolutely paramount. Uh, we continue to be, uh, you know, relentlessly focused on uh, um, achieving a zero-harm environment. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we had a number of uh, safety highlights during the quarter, which is fantastic, and I'm sure Dan will uh, expand on some of this uh, during his remarks. Uh, I do want to mention the, uh, the sixth bullet point here. Uh, Sintera is a member of the World Gold Council, and the World Gold Council is currently, the, World, the members of the World Gold Council, we're, we're currently rolling out uh, the responsible gold mining principles. Uh, I think all of us as an industry are, are very well advanced on this, but particularly at uh, Sintera, uh, that is the case. Uh, we're looking to um, be achieving full compliance uh, with these uh, 52 key principles uh, by the end of 2022, and I think uh, our operations are uh, well positioned for us to uh, achieve that. And then just lastly, I want to give recognition uh, to Mount Milligan. You can see here during the quarter they, they received a... Uh, a mine reclamation award from uh, the British Columbia um, uh, regulators, and again, just recognizing their proactive approach uh, to uh, reclamation. So that was uh, a good achievement uh, during the quarter. 
With that, I'm going to look to uh, pass the presentation over to uh, Dan Desjardins, our Chief Operating Officer, and, and Dan can provide some more detail on the uh, operating highlights. So, Dan, over to you, please. Thanks, Scott. Good morning, everybody. Uh, please move to slide nine. Sentara continues to prioritize the health, safety, and well-being of its employees, contractors, communities, and other stakeholders as COVID-19 is still with us. We have put great emphasis on vaccinations this quarter, and all of our sites have higher vaccination rates than the regions that they work. We continue to modify our COVID protocols at all of our locations to help prevent infection and reduce the potential transmission of COVID-19. All of the great efforts of our people have allowed us to reduce the potential transmission and uh, continue our operations in a normal mode. Just as other businesses, though, we are seeing stresses in our supply chain, but our supply chain management experts have been staying ahead of it, and there has not been a material negative effect on any of our operations. For employees and other work, workers, safety, in Q3, we continue to focus on improving the safety performance of Centera uh, company-wide with good results. Our TRIFR for Q3 was 1.21, which is in line with our target of 1.26, but we still did have eight reportable injuries in the quarter, which was a 7% improvement over the previous year's quarter. As part of our WorkSafe HomeSafe program, which is a focus on employee behavior at work and at home, we have rolled out our training virtually with great success, and we continue to roll out our critical control management approach. An excellent milestone, as Scott spoke to, was at our Oxford mine where we did achieve 2 million man hours without a lost time injury, and Indaco had an impressive eight years without, uh, without an LTI, and one year at our Thompson Creek mine and Langloff metallurgical facility. On the production front, we had another strong quarter with our two operations producing, as Scott indicated, near 77,000 ounces of gold and 17.9 million pounds of copper at an all-aid in sustaining cost of $630 per ounce sold. Mount Milligan produced 39,658 ounces at 774 uh, after the copper credit and Oxford produced 37,255 at $481. Of note, Mount Milligan mine had in excess of 6 million cubic meters of water in our tailings inventory at September 30th. And we have had a steady level of water now for the last eight weeks as we benefit from having access to well understood underground aquifer water as well as the permitted draw that we had from surface water earlier in the summer. We, we do still have access and permits to the end of 2023. We continue to work with our First Nations partners and regulators to permit the long-term surface water solution for our life of mine as part of our long-term water strategy. We feel confident on that. Both Mount Milligan and Oxford mines are running well, and we are well on track to achieve our 2021 uh, production targets as we approach the end of the year. And as Scott also indicated, we are lowering our cost guidance for Oxute to an all-in sustaining cost of 680 to $730 per ounce sold. Please move to slide 10, and we can talk specifically about Oxute for 2021. Safety, again, is our highest operating priority, and we continue to roll out our safety programs to consistently improve our safety performance. We did have the milestone of 2 million man hours without an LTI, but unfortunately last week, uh, therefore in the fourth quarter, um, one of our contract drillers did in injure his hand, which got squeezed on the drill rig. We are reviewing that in detail, uh, this incident, to further improve our guarding and employee adherence to our safety policies and procedures. Oxford continues to mine in both of our pits, with the majority of the ore coming from Keltepe. We are moving into the higher grade zones, as you can see from the table below, and plan to have access to these levels over the next two years. We have expanded the near mine exploration drilling program to 30,000 meter, 30, meters in order to work towards further expansion of the reserve and resources. 
Our final point, as mentioned earlier, we are seeing good good results so far in 2021. Therefore, we have lowered our cost guidance for Oxoon to the all-in sustaining cost of 680 to 730 for the year. Turning to slide 11 and looking at our key focus for the remainder of 2021, our Q3 results reflect what we will continue on and focus for the rest of the year. We are putting great emphasis on improving our safety performance throughout the company. Exploration has been a big focus and we continue to try to drive to zero harm in this area. Oxoot has been a great addition to our operations and mines and continues to deliver better than planned financial and operating results. We are much more confident in our access to the required water from Mount Milligan and we, require, we continue to manage this area closely so uh, to ensure that we have water to run at full capacity. Our major continuous improvement project of the installation of the staged flotation reactors is on target and to be operational by the end of the year at Mount Milligan. Oxoot mining is continuing as planned uh, in higher grades in both pits and we are putting a strong effort to understand our near mine resources with additional exploration meters planned. Moving to slide 12 on guidance. We have detailed out, as you can see, our cost guidance for 2021. Overall, as we approach the end of the year, we are guiding a total of the 270 to 300,000 ounces of gold and 70 to 80 million pounds of payable copper at a very competitive all-in sustaining cost of 700 to $800 per ounce. Uh, with the strong copper credits at Mount Milligan, uh, has an excellent all-in sustaining cost of 530 to 580 per ounce um, on 100 to 200,000 ounces of gold production. For Oxoot, we are guiding 90 to 110,000 ounces of gold at an all-in sustaining cost of 680 to 730, which was lowered by $50 from the last quarter guidance. Capital expenditures on a consolidated basis are, are still looking to come in between the 95 and 115 million for the year. So that is uh, well under control. Now over to Darren, our CFO, to review our third quarter financial results. Thanks, Dan, and good morning all. Uh, for those following on the slide deck, uh, I'm on slide 14. Centera recorded 220 million uh, in revenue during the quarter, consisting of the Mount Milligan mine, the Oxford mine, and the Molybdenum business unit. Revenue materially consisted of 118 million in gold sales, 53 million in copper sales, and 52 million from our Molybdenum business unit. During the quarter, the company's operational average gold price realized was $1,542 per ounce of gold and 255 cents per pound of copper. This incorporates the existing streaming arrangements over the Mount Milligan mine. In the quarter, our continued operation sold 75,721 ounces of gold, 38,517 ounces from the Mount Milligan mine, and 37,204 gold ounces attributable to the, the Oxford mine. We also sold 18.5 million pounds of copper in the quarter from Mount Milligan. The adjusted net earnings during the quarter from continued operations was 35.7 million. The net earnings from a consolidated operation was 27.6 million. This included the adjusting item of 8.1 million attributable to legal and other costs relating to the seizure of the Kumtul mine. Earnings attributable from an operational perspective were 19.4 million contributed from the Mount Milligan mine. 37.4 million contributed from the Oxford mine and 6.9 million from the Molybdenum business unit. The adjusted earnings from, the, from continued operations was 12 cents per share for the quarter. Now moving to slide 15. Centera's continued operations in the quarter recorded production costs of $630 per ounce and an all-in sustaining cost of $781 per ounce. At an asset level, Mount Milligan recorded an all-in sustaining cost of $727 per ounce, and Oxford recorded an all-in sustaining cost of $603 per ounce for the quarter. The key cash flow metrics of note for the quarter were 62.4 million in cash provided by operating activities from continued operations, free cash flow from continued operations of 41 million, 
with our ending cash balance for the quarter has now grown to 912 million. As you will note at the bottom right-hand chart, Centera's continued operations year-to-date has produced 217 ounces of gold, so tracking well to achieve 2021 production guidance. The bottom left-hand chart notes our free cash flow year-to-date of approximately 140 million from our continued operations, with up to 175 million guided for 2021 at a gold price of $1,750 per ounce. However, I would draw, draw your attention to two things. Firstly, 2021 capital expenditure guidance in the MDNA remains unchanged. For Matt Milligan, we are guided to, tap, to capital expenditure of 70 to 80 million with year-to-date expenditure of 48 million. For Oxsuit, we are guiding to total capital expenditure of 15 to 25 million with year-to-date of 15 million. Therefore, we are guiding to elevated capital expenditure in the final quarter of 2021. Secondly, there has been congestion at the Port of Vancouver as reported by other users of the port. We are targeting four shipments in Q4 from our Mount Milligan operations. This may have an impact on timing of cash receipts. I'm now moving to slide 16. As noted by Dan on slide 10, we have now entered the high-grade phase of the Oxsuit mine, which will continue into 2022. The result of processing the higher-grade material is evidenced in the bottom left-hand chart with a targeted 40% increase in consolidated production comparing guidance midpoint from 2021 to 2022. As noted by Scott and Dan earlier, we have also reduced our 2021 oil and sustaining costs axe Oxsuit to the new range of 680 to $730 per ounce, and a consolidated basis reducing the new range to 700 to 750 per ounce from an oil and sustaining cost perspective. Our midpoint all-in cost for 2021 is now $875 per ounce and reducing to a low $575 per ounce in 2022 as per our guidance. If gold and copper prices remain at current levels, significant margins will be achieved as we move into 2022. Now, finally, given the cash flow generation of our continued operations and a closing cash position of 912 million, Centera Board has declared a quarterly dividend of seven cents per share for the quarter. With that, I'll pass back to Scott. Thanks, Darren. <clears throat> so just to sort of close out our, our prepared remarks here on uh, slide 18, um, just referencing some of the bullet points here in the, the top left of this slide. So as, as Dan and Darren have already spoken to, we're continuing to guide up to 310,000 ounces of gold production for this year. Uh, we've seen good operating momentum. As we've spoken to, we have favorably reduced our oil and sustaining cost guidance for the full year. So expecting to produce this gold at a cost as low as $700 per ounce in terms of the oil and sustaining, oil and sustaining cost metric. Uh, second bullet point, you know, we continue to see a good, uh, you know, gold and copper price environment. And again, just given our strong operating performance, uh, we continue to guide for uh, free cash flow up to $175 million US. Uh, just in terms of the last bullet point there in the top left, you know, the, the strong operating momentum, profitability, free cash flow generation, uh, as Darren just spoke to, we, we finished the quarter with a, a debt-free balance sheet uh, with total cash reserves of approximately $912 million US. So again, this, you know, in, in conjunction with our available uh, revolving line of credit facility, we have very strong uh, liquidity, and, and I think that allows us to advocate that uh, Sintera is operating a fully funded business model here uh, moving forward. You know, as I spoke to earlier, the, the middle chart there down the bottom, I think we're seeing very strong contributions from Oxert right now, and, and we do expect that to continue now that we're into the higher grade sequence. And as Darren spoke to, you know, as we look forward to next year, uh, Oxford is going to uh, underpin some meaningful uh, or, organic growth uh, in terms of our gold production levels uh, from Sintera. Uh, just lastly, uh, you know, a key announcement I want to make, and we referenced that in our, in our disclosures today, uh, particularly in terms of my CEO quote, but I just want to uh, you know, reiterate that uh, you know, we here at Sintera, we would like to recognize that after more than 15 years of Sintera, uh, John Pearson, our Vice President of Investor Relations, who is on the call, uh, John will be retiring at the end of this year. 
you know, obviously we all want to congratulate John on his upcoming retirement and thank him for uh, his continuous commitment and uh, dedicated service. So John, uh, you know, on behalf of myself, the company and the board, uh, we would like to, you know, wish you a very happy retirement and we'd also note that upon John's retirement, <coughs> all investor relation responsibilities are going to be assumed by Toby Caron, who is uh, our treasurer and director uh, for investor relations moving forward. With that, uh, I'd like to uh, pass the proceedings uh, back to the operator and we can move into the Q&A segment, please. Thank you. If you would like to register a question, please press the 1-4 on your telephone. You will hear a three-tone prompt to acknowledge your request. If your question has been answered and you would like to withdraw your registration, please press the 1 followed by the 3. One moment, please, for the first question. Our first question comes from Trevor Turnbull with Scotiabank. Please proceed. Yes, thank you. And I'd like to add my congratulations to John as well on his upcoming retirement and thank him really for many years of discussions and great tours over the years. Um, and congratulations to, to Toby as well. Um, my first uh, question, I guess, is uh, about the higher grades at Oxsuit. Uh, Dan mentioned they're going to carry well into 2022. I just wondered if the grades that we saw uh, placed in Q3 were kind of typical of what we can expect for this higher grade material, or if that 1.6 grams was really uh, particularly high uh, relative to what we should be thinking about. Dan, I'll let you take that, please. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a very good point. Um, I think that's uh, it's fairly fairly close on on target. Obviously, through the year, we'll be placing as we uh, as we pull the high grade out of the bottom of mostly Caltepe pit, but also uh, Gunantepe pit. But uh, we we are looking um, probably slightly less than that, uh, closer to maybe 1.2, but um, through the year average, but but certainly. Um, It'll be blended, and uh, we'll, we'll try to maintain our, our steady steady rate. Yeah, and Trevor, okay. just from my Trevor, just from my perspective, just to help with your modeling, um, we would expect Oxa to be at the upper end of our gold production guidance in terms of where we're going to finish this year. And perhaps you could kind of just back calculate what the uh, what the grade is, uh, just given where we're expecting to finish the year on guidance. Sure. Um, the 1.2 grams that Dan just referenced, that's for this year or for 2022? No, I see. You, you were speaking. Sorry, you were speaking to 2022. So, nice. Okay, right. Got it. Um, and then I just, to follow up on that, I was wondering if the Gunatepe approval is still expected kind of mid-2022, or is that date up in the air a bit? Then I, I can certainly speak to that, Scott. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, we we have commitments from uh, you know from the government and uh, you know the legal uh, authorities to be tightly reviewing that by the end of this year, early next year. Um, then we go through the normal permitting process. So we're we're still feeling fairly confident that by mid-year we we uh, we will have uh, the new footprint. We do we are fully permitted in Gunantepe. And we do have plans that if, if, if that permit was uh, continued to be delayed, we would continue on with our original um, design and the access. So right now we are mining in Gunantepe, and um, but within the old permitted uh, footprint. Right. Okay. And and then just changing gears, I wanted to ask um, about the the comment in the MDNA about the resignation of the appointed international arbitrator and I wondered if that worries you in terms of, of finding a new arbitrator to take on the role uh, and I asked that because it sounded like the arbitrator wanted some protections against future prosecution from the Kyrgyz which he wasn't able to secure and I'm just wondering if if any arbitrator wouldn't want that same sort of uh, protection and so I guess the question is are you worried about the the timeline for arbitration and finding someone to replace that person, um, and and what other avenues can you really pursue for a timely resolution on on the whole Kumtor story? 
Um, well, the, the first part of the question, Trevor, um, we're, we're in that process right now in terms of appointing a new arbitrator. Uh, obviously, our, our lawyers are looking at this uh, pretty carefully, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not really in a position to uh, comment any further uh, on, on, on that aspect. Um, you know, in terms of expediting, you know, a resolution of the, of the Kumtor matter, the, the second part of your question, uh, I think as we've always said, you know, we obviously would prefer to engage uh, in a constructive dialogue with the Kyrgyz authorities to resolve this dispute, um, you know, and that there has been some engagement, but really absent any indication from the Kyrgyz authorities that they are willing to, you know, reach a reasonable uh, resolution through such dialogue, uh, we will of course continue to pursue our, our legal avenues with, uh, with full force, which is what's currently underway. Okay, I understand. Thanks, Scott. Our next question comes from Anira Soni with CIBC World Markets. Please proceed. Good morning, and I also wanted to uh, congratulate John Pearson on um, a well-deserved uh, retirement and uh, all that he's uh, contributed to the animals community over the past 15 years. Um, my question is with regard to Oxute. I was clear and now I'm confused. So in Q2, um, I'm looking at the, the outlook that you guys had put out for 2022 and 2023. I believe in the MDNA, and I'm, not sure, I'm sure you don't have it handy, but in the MDNA, you basically say that <clears throat> grades would be approximately 2.2 gram per ton material during 2022 and 2023. And so I'm, I'm just kind of trying to reconcile that to that 1.2 that was just quoted. And, uh, and my question was with regards to that original question was with regards to the grades and throughput and specifically the throughput. It, it says also that you're partial, that's partially offset by lower or ton stacked. So I was just trying to get an idea of uh, lower relative to the average for the year or lower relative to the pretty good stacking rate that you saw in Q3 and probably in Q4. Um. So, Anita, thank you for the comments uh, regarding John, and I should have thanked Trevor as well um, earlier. We uh, obviously appreciate that, and I'm sure John appreciates that recognition. Um, Dan, the first part of Anita's question, um, you know, as, as I, when you quoted 1.2, Dan, I think you and I may have misspoken. I think we were trying to reference uh, Trevor's previous question on what could be the grade profile for Q4 of this year. Yeah. Dan, would you agree? Yeah, no, fair, fair enough, and um, yeah, yeah, we did. I think we both got a little digging off, but but um, we have only one other. You know, I can speak to that, Scott. Is we, as part of our adjusting plan, we uh, we are we do we have added to our life of mine in the last uh, couple of months uh, some run of mine or which we um, which we did not include in our plan before. That that will bring down the grade and increase the tons, but I, I unfortunately I don't have that those numbers right in front of me, so I I think I'll have to um, leave that to uh, Toby to or John to follow back follow up later um, in a in a separate communication. But, Maybe um, run of mine we'll is very to close to cutoff. Is that is that a fair assumption? That that is a fair assumption, and uh, but it is uh, economic, so we uh, yeah we've included that that'll lower the grade substantially. Yeah. Okay, so, so maybe the throughput levels remain the same, but the grade will be a little bit lower than what you guided to in Q2. Yeah, we're still targeting in, in Q3, Anita. Sorry, I mean, in Q2, you had guided to um, a specific number when you were updated, when you refreshed your outlook for 2022 to 2023. That's what I'm talking about. Right, so, it was much, uh, much lower, tons of ore, but higher grade. That's correct, and we, we keep adjusting our plan based okay. on additional tons and uh, and including some uh, much lower grade. Okay. And then secondly, along the same vein, as we, you know, given, you know, outside the relative to the prior guidance, which it would have been a very slight dip in Mount Milligan for next year, uh, is there anything we should think about that might have been, you know, updated within that plan um, for 2022? We haven't come forward with uh, with the numbers from our updated uh, life of mine. Um, we are still uh, we've just finalized our drilling program, and we're working on our our resource and reserve uh, block models to bring to uh, a new a new pit design. So I think it'd be premature to to speak to that. But it's, 
and this time. Okay, and last question would be on Q4 at Mount Milligan. Um, so a slightly lower grade this quarter. Uh, you did have that plan shut down. Is that as a result of that we should expect higher grades going into Q4, more normalized to what we've had as an average for this year? Dan, I'll let you Again, again we are, our, yeah, our shutdown is 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 as planned uh, here in uh, later November. So we we are doing that, and uh, we're still feeling, uh, you know, as, as as Scott indicated, we'll be coming into. Uh, uh, at the higher end of guidance, uh, we, we are looking uh, at, at, at normal grades that uh, we're feeding both from stockpile and, and from run of mine. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought in the MDNA that the, the uh, shutdown had already occurred. Uh, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that again. Okay. All right. Yeah, thank you. That's it for my um, question. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Uh, operator, is there any, further, any additional questions in the queue? Please. Our next question comes from Dalton Barreto with Canaccord. Please proceed. Uh, thanks. Uh, good morning, Scott and team. And uh, yeah, I'll jump on the uh, John Pearson congratulations bandwagon as well. Um, I'm also confused with regards to the gold uh, profile at Oaksu here. So and I just want to be very clear. So first of all, I'm talking about 2022 now. Okay. And your previous guidance suggests um, an average rate of 2.2 grams per ton and production guidance of 210 to 240,000 ounces. Is that still valid? Yes, there's been no change. So I'm sorry you got confused, Dalton. I think uh, Dan and I got confused uh, when Trevor was asking the question, the way Trevor framed the question, and I think it got us confused, got everyone confused, but when it comes to 2022, there is no change. Okay, so 22 and 23, there's no change. Correct. In the, in the overall okay. ounce, ounce guidance, correct. In the overall ounce guidance, but the t based on what Dan said earlier, the tonnage and grade profile has changed because of these run of mine times. There will be some changes in that, but uh, we won't necessarily be um, filing a new 43 ones. It's not material from at this point, but, but that's correct. With the, the, gui the ounce guidance that we had indicated is, is not changing. Got it. Okay. Okay, and then just maybe switching gears um, to the whole Kumtor situation again. Uh, I got to ask, you know, just given everything that's happened and what these guys are doing to the mine, do you actually want the mine back or would you prefer this be resolved, uh, you know, from a monetary perspective? Uh, you know, Dalton, obviously um, we're, you know, steadfast right now in terms of our focus on, you know, protecting our rights and, you know, protecting the value as well as, you know, from a, from a shareholder's perspective, doing every, everything we can uh, from that perspective. Um, but I, I, I think if one was to say, you know, in the context of your question that, you know, some of these steps that the Kyrgyz has taken, it may be difficult for one to envision, um, you know, how you would return back to that position of, you know, owner and operator of the project. So. Uh, you know, we've had a number of shareholders who would certainly advocate that, uh, you know, moving on from the, the situation and in some form of clean exit would, would be the appropriate measure for Sintera to take. So obviously we're taking all of that into our calculus, you know, in terms of what's going to, you know, ultimately be the, uh, the best sort of long-term value proposition for Sintera shareholders. So there certainly is sentiment that, uh, that um, you know, parallels with the context of your question there. Okay, great. And then, you know, you exited Q3 with more than $900 million in cash in your balance sheet here. Um, and as you're thinking about capital allocation going forward, I know, Scott, in the past you said buybacks are not an option, just, you know, you wouldn't want to increase the concentration of the Kyrgyz position. Is that, is that still your position, given the restrictions you put on their shares? I, I, I think it is, uh, Dalton. Um, 
you know, look, and again, when it comes to capital return initiatives, that's obviously a, you know a board decision. But um, you know, in terms of us management, you know, strategizing, deliberating with the board, you know, we recognise that there's various capital return initiatives available to us. You know, obviously, we've been focused on, on dividend distributions, and we have been growing that. Um, but in terms of a, you know some form of meaningful uh, share buyback, I, I think it's very difficult for us to envision doing that until the Kogi situation has been resolved. Uh, you know, as you pointed out yourself, you know, we're just concentrating that ownership position um, uh, would just be off strategy. Now, I, I know you referenced the, the current restrictions that are in place in terms of their ability to, you know, vote, transfer, or, or sell their shares, et cetera. Uh, those restrictions, you know, continue to be in place. But, um, you know, and just you just you can't you can't project what the future may look like. You know, vis-a-vis -vis what would be a very significant decision in terms of you know a, a share buyback at a meaningful quantum level. So, yeah, in terms of how this is stage gated, uh, you know, conceptually, I, I think we need to resolve the Kumtor situation first. Okay, that makes sense. And then, you know, as I look at your consolidated uh, production outlook, there's uh, you know, a reasonably substantial drop coming in somewhere in that 24-25 time frame. How, how important is M&A to you right now? And sorry, Dalton, you broke up. How important is that? Well, is M&A becoming a much more important priority for you and the board? Um, well, so that, that's still quite a ways out we would put forward, uh, you know, in terms of production declining and really that's that offset where, you know, indicatively, um, you know, based on the prior sort of 41, 43 one one profile, you would be seeing production uh, starting to decline three years out. Um, but, you know, what Dan and his team and our, our exploration division, you know, we're very focused on our exploration program at Oxford. Uh, we've got a pretty significant sort of exploration budget underway and we are seeing you know, it's it's uh, it's early stage, but it's, we are seeing some interesting results. We are doing some uh, additional uh, internal work on, on what we think the life of mine profile is going to be uh, moving forward. As you can appreciate, like most companies, we're in our sort of budget cycle right now, as well as our, our long-range planning cycle. And uh, I, I think we are seeing uh, some conceptual opportunities at Oxford that that may assist us uh, in, in addressing that production decline. I know I recognize I'm, your question is more focused on M&A, but um, so look, I, I wouldn't say that we're spending an inordinate amount of time on that topic uh, right now, Dalton. I think, as, as I've said before, you know, it's a pretty strong gold price environment, and I, and I think, you know, valuations are reasonable. So the ability, you know, for one to identify, you know, a, a transaction that's going to create meaningful shareholder value, I think it's still pretty difficult right now, just given where we're at in the cycle. So... I would put forward that, like you've seen for the last two to three years, we, we continue to be pretty internally focused and, you know, again, just coming back to any sort of production decline three years out, we're going to try and do everything we can in terms of optimizing uh, our existing assets as well as success for the exploration drill bit to try and, you know, as best possible uh, find every bit of uh, organic growth internally that we can. Okay, great. And there's maybe one last one if I can squeeze it in. You know, Molly's north of 19 bucks a pound now. Is there a market for your Molly business? Like, I mean, are you looking to offload it? You know, are there potential buyers? Does anyone approach you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we have seen a significant uh, appreciation uh, in, in the Molly, type, Molly price, as you referenced, and, you know, Coinciding with that, we, we have seen interest, uh, you know, unsolicited interest from uh, third parties. And, you know, as, as and when, uh, you know, people, as and when, you know, there, there is interest, we, uh, of course, we engage and, and hear out, you know, what are their proposals or, you know, what, what could be the inherent sort of value proposition here. And um, there, are, there are a couple of parties that, that we have been having discussions with. Again, it's still early stage. Um, but, you know, we'll see what comes of that, you know, using analogy, we'll pull on that string and see where, where it takes us. But uh, I, suffice to say that if, if, any, if any of those led to a, uh, again, a value proposition that, you know, we think is going to, you know, surface value and, and create value for our shareholders, then we, we would certainly, um, you know, proceed accordingly. So uh, I think the current uh, molybdenum price, it's strong and, um, you know, maybe, maybe this will present uh, that window of opportunity, uh, only time will tell.
Great, thanks. That's all for me, guys. Thanks, Donna. Our next question comes from Fahad Tariq with Credit Suisse. Please proceed. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, you know, one of the things that struck me was that you, your company seems very immune, not even immune, but just completely um, safe from the inflationary pressure that we're seeing your peers facing. Uh, so I'm just curious, can you talk a little bit through um, uh, just like the lower cost guidance and how you're able to achieve that in a you know pretty high inflation environment? Thanks. So, Dan, do you want to speak to that first? And then yep. once you're done, Dan, maybe pass it over to Darren just to talk about some of the hedging as well. But, Dan, over you, please. Sure. Yeah, no, very good. Um, we are seeing some small amount of um, inflation pressure, uh, especially on steel. But our usage of steel in Mount Milligan, for example, is, uh, is, is not like you would see in an underground mine. And uh, we had longer-term contracts and fairly large inventories. So we're, we're still looking uh, very good there. At Oxsuit, um, combination of it's a very small operation. We have an ADR plant, long-term contracts with our our major uh, supplies. As well, we benefited somewhat from the exchange rate uh, improvements in Turkey. Um, although we did have wage pressures, um, we uh, were able to offset that. And again, uh, our biggest cost in Turkey is our contracted mining cost, and that's a long-term contract as well. So uh, yes, we're 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 looking at better guidance and uh, with the good productivity, um, uh, we're we're solid on those numbers. And, and okay, Darren, so, is there, so, so sorry, sorry, over to Darren. I was going to say Darren may yeah, want to comment as well. To go ahead, Darren. Yeah, I, I'd um, draw your attention to um, to page twenty-eight of the MDNA, and, and, and basically what you'll see there is, you know, we we have for many years been uh, implementing FX uh, for more Canadian dollar and um, and fuel hedges, and uh, you know, call it the fruits of that labour have paid off. Um, you know, year to date, uh, from an FX perspective, you know, we've realised fourteen million dollar in gains on the FX hedges, recognised nineteen million dollar in gains from a a fuel perspective. Um, as we head into 2022, um, the FX hedges, you know, we're getting a range for 2022 between 130 to 137. Obviously, a lot better than the current rates in Canadian dollar, and we've got some forwards at, at 129. Um, you know, similar. So that's been you know, approximately 50% coverage. And similar for the fuel hedges, we've actually got uh, you know a, a um, coverage of approximately 70%. So you know, I think those that sort of three-year rolling um, uh, programs have kept us in good stead, in particular, um, the FX that, uh, you know, that's kind of kept us in in, uh, in good stead. Okay. Sorry, I just want to catch the number. You said 70% covered for fuel next year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, there's a table on this on, on page 28 of the MDNA, and that is approximately 70% uh, coverage on our fuel hedges. Oh. For next year, uh, and then into 23, we've actually got 40% um, coverage, um, uh, and 2022, um, yeah, it's all it's all laid out there. Um, okay, okay, great. Yeah, it looks like it's worked out well. I'm not aware of any other gold producer keeping costs flat, let alone uh, lowering their cost profile. Uh, okay, great. That's it for me. Thanks. Our last question comes from Anira Soni with CIBC World Markets. Please proceed. Uh, yeah, sorry for the follow-up. I just checked the MDMA, and it does say that uh, there was a shutdown in the third quarter at Mount Milligan. So is there another one planned in November? Is that what you were saying? Dan, do you want to take that, please? I believe that that, uh, that one did get pushed. It was uh, it was going to be in late September, and we, pushed, we were able to push it into November. Okay, so it didn't actually happen. So, um so then, so then can I – so it hasn't happened. So then can I ask why the throughput in grade was a little lower at Mount Milligan this quarter than your run rate? Yes, we, we did have a couple of um, my, more minor maintenance issues, and we've been, uh, we've been working with uh, changing our liners in our big sag mill. So uh, we, we took the sag mill down a number of times for 12-hour shuts, to remove uh, cracked liners, et cetera, but it was a fairly much normal maintenance. Okay. So then next 
quarter, there might be a little bit lower throughput with the shutdown. How long is the shutdown? The plan is five days. Okay, so um, probably okay. And then, and then, in terms of the grade, is there um, could we expect a, a bump up in grade versus what you had this quarter, or was that, you know, something that we should expect going forward, like a 0.38 versus a kind of 0.45 you've been running so far? Yeah, again, I, I, I don't have that in front of me, but we're you know the guidance um, uh, you can you can back calculate that. I guess. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, operator, was there any further questions? No. Okay. Uh, no thanks, further thanks questions question. at this time. Okay. Thanks, Operator. Uh, John, did you want to close out the call? Uh, sure, Scott. Thanks. I uh, want to thank everyone for their, their kind words and remarks. It's uh, been a pleasure working with you all uh, over these uh, many, many uh, years. And uh, I uh, just wanted to, to thank you all. So uh, with that, we will uh, end the call here. And uh, if you have further questions, reach out to me, Toby, or, or the team, and, and we'll get back to you. Thank you very much. That does conclude the conference call for today. We thank you for your participation and ask that you please disconnect your line. Have a great day, everyone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.